The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned presented by Under Armour. It is the joint Megapix podcast collaboration for Week 12, which features... The three Thanksgiving games plus the full slate. Two teams on a bye. That means 30 teams play. That means 15 games. We get right to it. After I gloat just a little bit, just a little bit, I picked up one more game in the straight up, a.k.a. straight up your ass competition with Chris. It's 10 now. 10 games, baby. You ain't going to catch me with 10 games to make up in seven weeks. I'm already wearing the crown. The other the other categories are still in doubt, but I'm taking this straight up. Great. Good for you. Uh, let's point out I gained two games, games versus the spread. I'm breathing down your neck in two out of the three categories. I'm a game back in best bets. It's it's. I'm gonna chip away at this thing. Chip, 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 chip. Not, That's not all the, I'm not, gonna not do. The, not it straight up. Maybe not, not straight, straight up. up. I might. I'm getting close to conceding that. That's, Ten might be too much, but the other two, I could still take you down and talk shit throughout the off season. So that's what I plan on doing. Let's go. Here we go, baby. All right, let's get to it. As always, all odds are provided by our friends at PointsBet. Why do you hate me? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been right more often than you. Get more games right, and maybe you can also be north of 100 correct predictions through 11 weeks. Not that it's that impressive, although it's probably around 60%. I don't know. I'll take it. Anyway, Thanksgiving. Three games, and it begins with Matt Nagy's final game in Chicago, if you (laughs) believe the report that emerged yesterday. The Bears are three-point favorites with Andy Dalton playing quarterback this week. Detroit, the home team, the underdog, 42 over under. There's still a chance Jared Goff is going to play. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Who do you like in this? I'm, I'm, I'm doing it this week. It's the week. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Lions. I'm going to pick them. It's, it's a gut feel. Yes, I know. But, you know, for the dysfunction that's going on in Chicago, you know, they're a banged-up football team. The Andy Dalton Chicago Bears is actually, in my opinion, less scary than the Justin Fields Chicago Bears. You know, he enhances their run game, their bootlegs. Of course, his ability to make a play, scrambling, we saw that help them out. You know, this is one of the reasons I didn't like Andy Dalton becoming the starter early in the year. It's just because... You know, we've seen that offense, and I think it's easy to defend, and I think Detroit will be able to defend it, let alone Bears are a little bit of a banged-up football team. I mean, Allen Robinson, you know, he's not playing. I'm pretty sure it was a hamstring injury. If he is playing, he won't be at 100%. Akeem Hicks, you know, he's very banged up. If he does play, he won't be, he'll be less than 100. I'm going to play the gut feel, Mike, of this is the week. Detroit's defense, I think, can slow down the Bears – and I think Dan Campbell and the offense and just a Thanksgiving atmosphere is going to put them over the top. 20-17, to 17, Lions. 
I'm going 27-20 Bears. If it is Matt Nagy's final game or if the team thinks it is, they find something. They muster something. And the Lions are just the Lions. We see the Lions every week. And I know they've been close the past couple of weeks. But, you know, the last time they were really close to winning in L.A., they got blown out at home by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know the Bears aren't in the same category as the Eagles, but I could see this going worse. I, I could see the, the Bears getting a few lucky bounces. And we, we've seen this on Thanksgivings in the past where one team just rolls and the other team cannot keep up. And I just don't think the Lions have the talent this year to muster what we've seen in past years, whether it's Goff, whether it's Tim Boyle, whether it's David Blau. I'm not buying it. I got the Bears 27-26. Chip, right out chip, of the gates. chip, 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 chip. We'll Here see. we go, we'll baby. See. Chip it away. We'll chip, chip, right. chip, chip, chip. Yep. I know. I can't wait. We'll see. You know, one thing we do want to bring up just, I think, in that matchup, just to hit one other thing. Lions run game. Regardless whether we think you know they're going to win or not, it has become a force. That's something to watch out. And in the last few weeks, their O line being healthy, uh, you know, like I said, a Noah Keem Hicks, no Khalil Mack. I think Alec Ogletree is going to be out. I look at that and go, it's. I think they can do this ugly type of thing. So we'll see. Thanksgiving could start off on the right foot. Here we go, baby. All right, the. Second game on Thanksgiving, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Dallas Cowboys. A couple of weeks ago, this looked like it was going to be a great game, a special game. The problem is the Raiders all of a sudden can't win. Right. The Cowboys have lost two out of three. The Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites in this one with an over under of 51. Dallas is the only team this week favored by a touchdown wow. or more. And it's the first of nine games this week where both teams playing are at or above 500 do the Cowboys get back on the right track after losing by 10 in Kansas City well I was surprised to see the spread at seven and a half I didn't expect it to be that high uh but yes I do think they get back on track I'm a hundred percent you know the Raiders defense first off the Cowboys got to have a bad taste in their mouth there's no doubt about that hey I'd like to see if CeeDee Lamb is definitely in the clear concussion protocol it sounds like it's going in the right direction but Raiders defense Nothing special to talk about over there. I think they're they're at a disadvantage on the defensive side of the ball in really all areas. You know, yes, they're well coached. You know, Max Crosby's a hell of a football player. Yannick Ngakwe pops from time to time. Sounds like Tyron Smith's going to be back. So I don't think protection will be an issue. Therefore, I think the Cowboys will make plays in the pass game. Not a lot of big people on that Raiders D-line. I think the Cowboys are going to be able to run the ball. And the one thing we've seen since John Gruden and Henry Ruggs have gone from the Raiders, they've had a hard time, you know, dialing up big plays, getting teams to back off them to a degree. That hasn't happened. So I think the Cowboys cover. I'm going to go Cowboys 31-21. I got 31-17. Same reason you're thinking. The Raiders have gotten progressively worse without John Gruden there. It's wearing off. It's too much adversity. It reached a critical mass, and they just can't get it back. Derek Carr is beside himself, but that's just where it is right now. And this Raiders team is going to have a significant reboot after the season. Which direction they go in searching for a coach is going to be fascinating I had someone suggest to me yesterday not anybody in the business just a reader suggesting Pete Carroll to the Raiders I kind of like that I kind of like that I got to admit what do you think of that I know this isn't about moving forward it's about the games but just your first reaction well it's like it's it's attention it's Vegas it screams that I'll say that but I just can't imagine 
Pete Carroll wanting to step into that type of situation right now? I, I don't know. It's just at his age, and there's so many question marks with that roster. Uh, I, I guess that I'd have a hard time thinking that would be a possibility. But, but I think, you know, his tenure in Seattle certainly seems to be in question right now. There's no doubt about that, which I don't think it necessarily deserves to be quite yet, uh, to, to be honest. All right, I got the Cowboys 31-17. According to points bet, the bets are split 50-50, but 94% of the money is on Las Vegas. So somebody likes Vegas getting seven and a half points. I am not one of those people. Last game of Thanksgiving, the night game on NBC. Mike Tirico and Drew Brees on the call. Brees back in New Orleans. Buffalo, a six-and-a-half-point favorite at the Superdome. 45 is the over-under. Chris, who do you like in this one? Does your boy Blue come through? Uh, this, I mean, this is this is going to be a tight one. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. I do. I mean, of course, I, I think I look at it like this. We know the Bills' defense is good. We saw, though, that... They're not necessarily big up front. They can get overpowered in the run game. We saw it against the Titans. We saw it last week against the Colts. You know, the the Saints can overpower people in the run game. But the Saints are a banged-up football team. You know, missing a tackle, Troutman the tight ends hurt. That scares me a little bit. Taysom Hill, I've heard about him not being 100%. How much can he add to the football game in some capacity, whether that's wildcat quarterback formations or whatever? So I, could, I think this is going to be a defensive struggle type of football game. You know, on the other side, the Bills' offense, hey, this is not the week they're going to run the football. It's going to be dependent, of course, on Josh Allen, and I think that's dicey. I do, you know. But I think ultimately with the fact that there's no Kamara, the, the Saints team being a little banged up, and the fact that they can never get really any consistent offense Early on in the football game, I'm just going to go here with one that I think is going to be a tight game, and I'm going to go with the team that has the best player on the field, which is Josh Allen. The Bills win a close one, kind of an ugly 23-20 to victory on the road in New Orleans. I'm giving the Bills another touchdown. I think the Bills cover. I just think the Saints right now are too banged up. They don't have key players. They don't have yeah. Alvin Kamara. We don't know for sure whether or not he's going to play at the time we're taping this, but he's missed the last two games. They were missing seven of their offensive starters going into the game at Philadelphia. And I know it's a home game. It's a big night. It's a big occasion. But sometimes you just don't have the personnel to get it done. And the Bills have every incentive to reestablish themselves as they go into Mini by plus one, preparing for a showdown at home against the New England Patriots. They need to get themselves reestablished. And I, they remind me of the Cowboys right now. They have a bad game, and then they get their act together and have a good game. And then they have a bad game, and they get their act together and have a good game. So it's good game week for the Bills after having the bad game at home against the Colts, and I think that they will. And I think there will be urgency, and maybe we'll see a little more running of the football. Maybe Brian Dayball a little less focused on his next job, more focused on his current job. 30-20 to 20 is what I have for that game. That concludes the trio of Thanksgiving games. We're going to take a break. When we return, we will focus on the 1 p.m. Eastern games for the 12th Sunday of the 2021 regular season. We'll do that next on this joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. Joint Megapix podcast, week 12, already week 12. Haven't said that in a while. I can't believe it's week 12. It is week 12. It's been two weeks since he said that. Has it been? the tw- I can't remember that far back. The 12th Sunday afternoon begins with 
several games, some good games. Let's start with Cincinnati. The Bengals have already beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh. The Steelers, 0-1-1 their last two games. The Bengals got the big win over the Raiders. The Bengals need to string a few together if they want to be a playoff team. Four-and-a-half-point favorites are the Bengals at home against the Steelers. 45 is the over-under. Do the Steelers get the win, or do the Bengals, a.k.a. Bengals, run their winning streak to two? Well, I'm going with the Bengals on this one. I am. You know, first off, uh, I like what I saw last week, getting back to the run game with Joe Mixon. That's encouraging. I think they got to do that. Let's not fall in the trap of Joe Burrow throwing the ball 45, 48 times a game. They're not as good when they do that. You know, it takes away the play-action pass game and bootleg game, which Joe Burrow is very good at. You know, they can't always rely on the shotgun, drop back, him be surgical. So I look at it that way. And I think, you know, really in a lot of ways, the fact that, hey, if they can run the ball and just have a decent amount of success, the fact that they do have a quick, short pass game is beneficial to me in matchups against the Steelers, who we know do some different type of stuff on the defensive side of the ball. And, well, they can pressure the quarterback for the most part. You know, T.J. Watt, you know, I don't know what, what to expect from him. So that does affect my thinking a little bit, but I don't think he'll be 100% like the same T.J. Watt if he does play. Sounds like Minka Fitzpatrick, he's going to be back there. Joe Hayden's going to be back. So that changes things a little bit. But still, I just think in in, in this league, as a matchup league, I think the Bengals' offense uh, can have enough success against the Steelers' defense. And on the other side of the ball, you know what my thoughts are there. You know, yes. We know how they have to play. There was a better performance from Big Ben and company, but I still don't have enough faith in that offense, especially from the passing standpoint. And I think the Bengals will be able to slow down Najee Harris in the run game, and I just don't have enough faith in Big Ben in the passing game on the road to say they're going to win this one. I'm going Bengals 24-17. This reminds me of the game a few weeks back when the Steelers went to Cleveland. It is a gotta-have-it game for the Steelers. They are feeling the the – urgency and I think that the veteran leadership the coaching those are the factors that lead to the intangibles that help the Steelers find a way and this could be Ben Roethlisberger's final game ever in his home state of Ohio he had the game in Cleveland as I mentioned back in Cincinnati I think the Steelers find a way to win this one I think they they view the glass as half full after almost pulling out the victory on Sunday night in L.A. against the Chargers. I got the Steelers 24-21, and it's just pasta and meatballs. This is the Steelers team that I have known for the last 50 years. This is a game that the Steelers find a way to win when people are writing them off, when they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs. I just, I just sense that the Steelers find a way and keep themselves alive in the playoff chase in the AFC, and it won't be easy for them to make it. All right. Here's a game between a couple of teams who don't have to worry about the playoffs this year. They're trying to lay the foundation for something positive next year. The Jets at the Texans. The Texans favored after beating the Tennessee Titans. The Jets will be back to Zach Wilson because both Joe Flacco and Mike White are on the COVID reserve list. Chris, did the Texans make it two in a row? I do. I think so. I do. I mean, the Texans, I think, are a better football team than the Jets. So that's that's just where I'll boil it down to. You know, yeah. Hey, it stinks for the Jets. There's no Michael Carter, you know, the running back. He's kind of been getting going and certainly been a difference maker on the offensive side of the ball in the run game and the pass game. But, you know, I think it's a Texans defense that's underrated. They don't give up big plays. They don't for the most part. You know, they're not going to – they're going to make you – 
make they're gonna make you run the ball and believe you can run the ball before they like come down and get out of a two safety look. Uh, they got to see it to believe it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think Zach Wilson and company will have a hard time moving the ball on the Texas defense. We saw the Titans struggle with it last week. Again, I think the Texas defense is better than than people realize. It's the offense that's been an issue throughout the year, especially with Davis Mills at quarterback. Now you got Tyrod Taylor, and I think we're seeing them being a little bit more of a pain in the butt. And I just don't have enough faith in the Jets defense as a whole. You know, I think this is an ugly football game versus, you know, it's two not so good teams. But I'm gonna take the experienced quarterback and the team that's a little healthier, and I just think capable of playing a more clean game. Uh, and I'm going to go Texans 20 to 17. Yeah, I've got same thoughts and same margin. 17 14 Texans barely covering the two and a half point spread. And it is amazing to think these two teams have beaten the Titans. As good as the Titans have been this year, both the Jets and the Texans have found a way to beat them. And and look, the Texans are going to win just enough games to screw up their high draft pick. I with Tyrod Taylor healthy, they are a much better team than when he isn't, and I agree with you. They find a way to get it done. The Jets, still a long way to go to become what it is they're trying to be. They, they just don't have the personnel. No. The Texans do. The Texans have a better team right now, and uh, despite all of the other dysfunction with the organization, that should be enough to carry the day. All right, this is a sneaky great game. Yes, it Tampa is. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At Indianapolis, the place where Tom Brady lost a Super Bowl to the Giants. The Colts, a team that has bedeviled Brady at times. Yeah. The team that they didn't necessarily light the fuse, but they poured gasoline on the deflate gate fuse. That's for damn sure. Thanks to Dequell Jackson taking that deflated football to the sidelines. Three-point favorites are the Buccaneers. 51.5. It's the highest over-under of the week. The Colts are looking good. The Bucks much better at home than on the road. Do the Colts prevent the Bucks? from getting a much-needed road win, Chris. It's an interesting game. And, uh, I mean, listen, I, this is two teams that are hot. You know, or at least the Bucks are hot after one one game. They've changed my thought a little bit, the way they looked the other night. I know it was the Giants, but, you know, with Gronk healthy, uh, yes, yeah, Sean Murphy bunting back on the, on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, I, it, it, it makes me think a little different of them. You know, so, yeah, Jamel Dean, he's healthy at corner. So I look at the Bucks to me as still kind of, I think they're starting that incline like we saw last year. Gronk being back on the offensive side of the ball is huge. Just one more mismatch you've got to worry about with Evans and Godwin. I think the Bucks also realize, hey, they got to run the ball a little bit. It just helps Brady. It helps him feel more comfortable. It helps protect him. You know? So I'm, I'm looking at the biggest thing is, do I think the Colts can pressure Brady with just the front four? And I guess I'm saying no. I don't think they're going to be able to do it consistently enough. It's a good front four with the Colts. I don't think it's a great front four. And on the back end there, I don't think they're talented enough to slow Brady and company down. You know, the other side of the ball, hey, can the Colts, like, run the ball the way they've been with Jonathan Taylor? I think they can run the ball just about on anybody in football, except I just don't know if I'm ready to say that with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not. You know, so I don't know. In this type of game, I'm going with Brady and the Bucks on the road, I think they're going to start their climb to remind us that they're the best, one of the best teams in football, if not the best, despite how much you know, better the Colts have played over the last five or six weeks. 30 to 24 bucks. Wow, I got 30 to 23. I got 30 to 23. I didn't punch it in, but that's my score. 30 to 23. I, 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 the Colts have 
been very good recently, and they have reached a new level since the loss to the Titans. They haven't given up. But no. They're getting the Bucks at a bad time. The Bucks are starting to figure things out, and Gronk coming back is a huge part of that. There was a confidence the other night. I know it's short week and it's road trip, but they understand the importance of getting this win and continuing on the right track if they want to force the road to the Super Bowl through their stadium. Last year they went on the road. Every step of the way to a Super Bowl that was played in their stadium this year, I think they need those home games, and they need to get this win in the sight of a Super Bowl. And Tom Brady needs to muster all of that hatred of the Colts to to find a way to get this win, and I think he will. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the week, but I like the Bucks by a touchdown, 30-23. to 23. All right, Atlanta-Jacksonville, not one of the best games of the week. The Falcons are a one-point favorite in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. 47 is the over-under. Do the Falcons turn it around after two losses where the combined score, I believe, if my math is correct, and it rarely is, was 68-3? to three. Yeah, yeah, I know. They, they got whooped the last two weeks. You know, the, the problem is, is the Jaguars don't have the talent the Cowboys or the New England Patriots do. You know, the, the Jaguars respect what they do on the defensive side of the ball. You know, there is something to that. Uh, there's no doubt. But I, I, I'm gonna, I think this is a coin flip type of football game. I guess what I'm coming down to here is, you know, a, a Jacksonville offense that I just don't trust and don't know what I'm going to get on a week-to-week basis. So I can't get really behind that. And Atlanta, even though I don't think a whole lot of their offense – you know, they got issues across the board. We know that. It's Matt Ryan and Pitts. It's a below-average run game. You know, I think we'll have Cordero Patterson back this week, so I do think that helps their team. You know, they don't protect the passer all that well. So I could see Jacksonville making life hard on them. I'm going to go on like a it's a dead-even football game late in the fourth quarter, and Matt Ryan scores a – they score a touchdown to go up 27-20 late with two minutes and 30 seconds left and put the game away. That's kind of how I see that one playing out. I think it will be close. I think the Jaguars hang around. I just have more faith, I guess, in Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan to pull out this type of game than I do Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence right now. I agree with you. 27-20. I got 21-13, and I think the Falcons are the better team right now. And and look, I, I still think there's a chance for some major changes in Jacksonville when the season ends, if not before the season ends. A couple of wins pushed plenty of the issues to the back burner. Uh, It's just a matter of time before those issues come back to the front burner. And there's some stuff gurgling around about discontent on the coaching staff and the chief of staff leaving to go back to Texas. I don't know if he's leaving during the season or after the season, but it is a fact that he is leaving during his first year, the word comes out that he's out of Jacksonville. I think more people are going to be out, and I think that this is going to end ugly for the Jaguars, even though they showed they're capable of beating a team like the Bills. All right, I've got 21-13. Let's move on to the next game. I love this game. I do, too. The Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins. The Panthers trying to establish themselves. It felt like they won last week, even though they didn't, because Cam Newton accounted for three touchdowns, and he's looking great, and he adds a new dynamic to the offense. And and a new demand for ticket prices or ticket sales, excuse me, in Carolina. They're on the road in Miami. The Dolphins have won three in a row. One and a half point favorites are the Panthers on the road, even though the Dolphins have three straight wins. Over under 42. It's tied for the lowest over under the week with the Bears-Lions game. Who do you like and why? Yeah, it's another one. It's coin flip. It it really is. I look at it. I mean, it's two evenly matched football teams, you know, two good defenses. I think the Dolphins' defense is the hotter of the two defenses right now. Last three or four weeks, the Dolphins' defense has been a real pain in the butt. Make a lot of plays. 
you know, cause a lot of issues for the for, for opposing offenses. They can pressure the quarterback. They can cover receivers man-to-man. You know, I just worry about – I don't know if Carolina's offense has enough to, you know, offer – uh, the Miami Dolphins and the way they're playing right now as far as be able to consistently move the football. I don't. I, I, I think they'll have a plan to kind of slow down the Cam Newton run game to a degree, you know, and after that, I think they got the DBs on the outside to make life hard along with the scheme and some of the creative things they do on that back end to where I'm leaning Dolphins here on this one. I am. I don't think it'll be pretty, you know, but, you know, Tua – the offense of the Dolphins has been serviceable. They've been running the ball a little bit better, and they seem to make a handful of plays in the pass game every week. I'm just going to go, again, this is a tight one. I'm just going with the team I just gut at home, I think feeling the vibe a little bit right now and a little bit uh, got some momentum in, in the positive way. 20-17, to 17, Dolphins. Yeah, look, I, I think that Matt Rule calling out his defense, good teams don't give up 190 rushing yards. I, this defense is better than it performed Definitely. against Washington. And the offense has improved. Christian McCaffrey is back. I just think right now the Panthers are the better team. And I know it's lined up well for Miami. And they're home literally for the holidays. They don't yeah. go on the road again until two days after Christmas when they play the Saints in New Orleans on a Monday night. But, look, I – I, I, I just think that this, this is a Panthers desperation type of a game if they want to stay in the playoff chase. Because the Dolphins, even though they can get to 7-7 seven and seven with three games left, and these are winnable games coming up, there's a cluster of teams that are above 500 in the AFC. They're going to have a hard time jumping over enough teams to get themselves in playoff position. For the Panthers, it's far more realistic. And for the Panthers, I think the urgency is there. And Cam Newton is learning the offense better and better each week. I think he's going to be better this week than he was last week, and he was really good last week even though they lost. I got the Panthers in this one. This is one of the reasons why I'm 10 games up on you because this is one that where you should be agreeing with me on this. The Panthers win 27-21, same score as last week, just they're on the right side of it, and they beat the Dolphins and end that winning streak. We'll see. This is another chance for you to chip, 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 chip away yeah, well, the that, listen this out of all the games we've had so far this is the one that probably scares me more than any or at least I just was the least least decisive about I did go back and forth with this one I did I don't know why I'm just going with the Dolphins at home and a like you always say pasta and meatballs feel here uh I I agree with you the fact that I think the Panthers are probably the little bit more of a talented football team there's no doubt uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I guess I just got a faith in Brian, Brian Flores and company that they're going to give the Panthers offense some issues this weekend. Well, you, you will see me doing this multiple times on Sunday. Look right. into the camera, right. look into please, the screen please. coming from my open studio, it up cause... for real too. So I could see that hairy chest with those pecs. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Tennessee Titans and the new England Patriots get together in a game that, uh, the Titans desperately need to reestablish themselves after stepping in a pothole against the Texans. The Patriots, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Six-and-a-half-point favorites against the team that was number one in the PFT Power Rankings last week. That is a stunning spread to me. Do the Patriots win, and do they somehow cover that six-and-a-half-point spread? Over-under, by the way, 44. I can't get over that either. I, I can't get behind them covering the spread. I know that. I am picking the Patriots. They're the hottest team in football. They match up really well with the Titans. In fact, I would say in a lot of ways, I mean, they play a very similar style, except I would say roster-wise, 
I think the Patriots are more talented and have come together as a football team. You know, I, I mean, I just look at it and go, you know, a little bit what we saw last week. We, we still got questions about the Titans offense post Derrick Henry, and we're seeing the ripple effects with that. You know, and finally last week, a team didn't screw it up to let the Titans offense off the hook like it like like prior weeks, you know, against the Rams and I'm uh, missing the other uh, the the uh, the other matchup that they won without Derrick Henry off the top of my head. It was Rams and who was the other team they played? Holy cow. Well, I'll just look it up. Don't don't think I'll just look. The Saints, thank you. Yes. So I have that issues there. Sorry. And I, I just look at the Patriots to go. They're a team that I don't think is going to let the Titans offense off the hook. Mac Jones and the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they, they take care of it. They're very good in all situations, the, the New England Patriots right now. And, of course, their ability to run the ball and just make enough plays in the pass game I think is going to be enough, let alone I think their defense is – I don't know. I'm going to say it's the best defense in football. It's official. And I think they'll give Ryan Tannehill and company a lot of issues on that side of the ball. I'm going Patriots 24-20. I'm giving the Patriots an extra field goal, and I'm taking the cover because I I look at where the Titans currently are. I don't know how they beat the Rams without Derrick Henry. Um, I, I, I And I think that, that a, a defense that is able to properly game plan, properly diagnose, properly take away Ryan Tannehill, I mean, that's currently what they do best. Dare them to run the football. They know that Adrian Peterson isn't going to do it. He's gone now. I don't know what they have in the running game without him. They don't have enough. They don't have enough. The Patriots, if you've said, have the defense that is sufficiently flexible to take away whatever it is that they need to right. take away, right. depending upon who the opponent is. And the offense is good enough to just kind of systematically go at it. And as I said a week or two ago, this game has symbolic importance in my mind because it was the Titans who ended the last Patriots dynasty. This win over the Titans is one big step toward launching the next one if they are indeed destined to get there. And I think Belichick appreciates that, understands that. And and th- 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 this is another step toward people waking up to the fact that you thought they were dead, but they're not. And I know when they were one and three, we wanted to lock into the narrative that they're still a long way away from being who they were. They are who they were again, even with Tom Brady gone. 27-20, pointing toward next week's game at Buffalo, where I'm probably going to pick them to win that too, especially if they win this weekend. So uh, should be a great one, should be a fun one. Yeah. And get used to it, people. The Patriots are back. Remember they used to say about the Bills when they kept coming going back to the Super Bowl? Deal with it. Well, Patriots are back again. Deal with it. All right, Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants, retiring Michael Strahan's jersey at halftime. The kiss of death for the Giants. They always lose when they do that. And the Eagles turning the corner. Five and six, four-point favorites against their rivals in New York, 45-and-a-half over under. Do the Giants finally win a game when they're retiring the jersey of one of their Super Bowl heroes, Chris? I I don't expect it. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't. I mean, first off, I think the Eagles are one of the hotter teams in the game right now. You know, you've heard me kind of wax poetically the last few weeks about their run game. They can run the ball on anybody. It doesn't matter. You know, that's the one thing last week confirmed with the, against the New Orleans Saints for the Eagles offense. You know, again, it's, it's arguably the hottest run game in football. It's an overpowering offensive line. Jalen Hurts makes a few splash plays in the run game and then one or two pass plays every week that give them a great advantage. And then defensively, like, yeah, the Eagles aren't special. They're not, but they don't give up a lot of big plays. They're going to make you work for it. 
and it's the Giants who, yes, have some weapons on the outside, and I think if there was no if there was no pass rush involved, they could probably win a seven on seven football game against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. The problem is there is a pass rush involved. And the problem is Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave are real people. And the problem is that the Giants offensive line is real people too that aren't good. And they're gonna get they're gonna have their issues there. So I'm going Eagles thirty to twenty one. I got twenty seven seventeen Eagles and all the same things you said. Look the, the Giants right now just aren't good enough. That came through the TV screen right? loud and clear at you. on right. Monday night. They, nothing they would have done, could have done, should have done, would have made a difference. You can't set up and throw. The offensive line is porous. Daniel Jones can't make quick decisions. The only way you deal with an offensive line that's getting its ass kicked up front is to make quick decisions before the ball's even snapped. The Tom Brady approach. I know exactly where I'm going to throw this ball as soon as I get the ball in my hands, and it's going to be gone before the pocket even begins to collapse. Jones can't do it. His receivers can't get open. The running game can't get going. The Eagles are better on both sides of the ball, and we're, we're we're gradually embracing the reality that the Eagles are good again, too. It's kind of like the yeah. they're the NFC version of the Patriots. We yeah. wanted to throw them out and right. write them off, and Nick Sirianni comes off as kind of goofy, and they're overmatched. And you've been saying it all year. they got a great offensive line. they got a great defensive line. That's what makes a team a contender. Yeah. All the other pieces are just details. When you are good in the trenches, the Eagles are. I agree with you. They win. I got them winning by 10. You got them winning by 9. Either way, Michael Strahan – He's going to remember halftime. He's going to want to forget. Join Phil the rest Sims, of the game. Lawrence Taylor, and Eli Manning in Loserville when you get your jersey retired. <laughs> All right. And uh, John Mara better not make an appearance oh, at halftime because he's probably of losers. going to get booed. There it is. I ran so far away. Uh, and uh, what year was that? 1995. 1995. Wow. I just turned 15 like a week before that. So, yeah, there I am. There's my sister Deirdre sitting in front, and there's Dirty Diana, my mom, and my grandmother who's who's gone now, Barbara Sims, who we owe all our our athletic prowess and size to is, is big Barbara Sims. Barbara Sims looks like she's a solid six feet. She's close. She was, I, you know, I, I like 5'11". You know, five ten and a half ish for sure, no doubt about it. And I've had a lot of good, big hands. I've had a lot of fun with that. My Kentucky family always loves that. She's got hands like a linebacker. I mean, she really does. She'd kill me if she heard me say that in real time. But she's not here any longer. We 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 could have some laughs. <laughs> my my uh my mom was five foot flat even dead on right. and my dad was five seven people think i'm short and i've just embraced i get the emails all the time the tweets oh you're tiny little i don't, I don't sneaky care about that height, height doesn't mean anything i'm five eleven and three quarters at yeah. my last physical yeah deal with it people yeah five eleven and three quarters. i don't know how it happened i don't know how it happened but he got there <laughs> but height doesn't mean anything it really doesn't mean anything it is so it's overrated care right. about that it it's who cares right who cares if rodney anything, harrison does black, <laughs> oh, I know. Tippy toe. Lemon Tippy tree. Toe Take a break. Here we go. 4 p.m. and primetime games when PFTPM and Chris Sims on button continue right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour, the Joint Picks podcast. We have reached the point in the program where Christopher has a message for you from his friends at Under Armour. Not my friends, because they didn't send me any yeah, shoes no, yet. I'm still you. waiting for my yep, shoes. Screw I'm you. easy to find. Where are my shoes, Under Armour? Chris got his. Go screw ahead. Screw him. Don't give him any shoes. Send me more, okay? That's right. And they sent me some cool Steph Curry's this week, too. Like limited edition cookie monster Steph Curry's, man. I look cool on my podcast, all right? So we are supported by Under Armour. We, as in, I mean me, not that other guy, okay, over there. And just like us, I mean like me, again, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. Not like me in the picks, all right? The other guy is giving you a little more of an edge. They are focused on performing better (laughs) and taking their game to the next level, which is what I'm trying to do. Go next level, chip, chip away on this jerk Florio. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you an insane grip. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. And I've been saying on my podcast, please send me one of these hoodies. I need to reflect Florio's energy. I need it. He's a hater, and he's hating on me. We're not just about the end results, winning or glory. Under Armour's about the hard work, dedication, the cycle of training, competing, and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is through. We must protect this house. You got a long way to go because you got 10 games to make up straight up. And again, that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. That's all you care about is that. That's the only one you bring up now. (laughs) I only care about the category I lead in. I am very consistent in my inconsistency. Chargers at the Broncos. L.A., two-and-a-half-point favorite, 48 over-under. Broncos coming off of their bye. Chargers coming off of that that classic. They were winning, then they were losing, then they finally found a way to uh, win the game. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this is another one I go back and forth with. You know, just like the Panthers' dog. Dolphins, uh, Panthers, Dolphins. What was the other game I was kind of – oh, Falcons, Jaguars. I, I I look at this game and go, I would never bet this game ever in my life. To me, there's too many variables at play here that I just don't trust. That's how I look at it. You know, first off, yeah, the Chargers offense, we know it's good. We do. You know, I don't know if it's really that good of a running offense to take advantage of a – you know, not great running defense of the Broncos, so that worries me. And the one thing I know about Denver is they can play some pass defense. So that scares me a little bit against the Chargers, and I think the Chargers' passing offense is a, is somewhat easy to figure out. I think Vic Fangio can make life hard on that passing game. Now, the other side of the ball, like, I don't see the Broncos being able to pick apart the Chargers in the pass game. I don't, but I do worry. I mean, the Broncos have shown the ability – every now and then to just absolutely gash teams in the run game. So that's where I go back and forth with this a little bit. I don't know. I'm going to go at the end of the day, I'm just going to go with Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense a little bit, that they're going to make enough plays to win this football game. I, but, but again, I don't feel comfortable about this. Uh, so I'm going Chargers 24-21. I've got 34-23. I feel more comfortable about the Chargers than you do. Look, one of the reasons why I'm down on the Broncos, let's think back to the aftermath of their last game against the Eagles, the Teddy Bridgewater yeah, head fake. Uh-huh. I, 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 think, I think they got clean up on all five that may not necessarily be cleaned up, and that's going to make it harder for him. It's going to make it harder for them, and we're going to get the first opportunity to see that dynamic 
in this game. Yeah. If he's lost his team. Right. And and I, I, I don't I wasn't real. I wasn't yeah. convinced by the the media effort last Monday. I I, uh, I think that it's it's gonna leave a mark and I think it's gonna manifest itself when a better team comes to town like the Chargers. I got thirty four twenty. I hear you. All right. I hear you. I, my, that was my logical little I'm with you, Mike. I mean yeah, and again it's a, it's it's an even matchup. I just I'm going Herbert over Bridgewater and that kind of kind of thing. Exciting late afternoon game. The Rams coming off of their bye, going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Green Bay is a slim favorite, 0. 0.5, 47 and a half over under. Who do you like? I'm going Rams here. I am. I think the Rams Ooh. match up well with Green Bay Packers. You know, first off, I got to imagine the Rams, you know, are pissed off, bye week, didn't play good before the bye. They're going to have some things, you know, tightened up on both sides of the football. The Rams defense, you know, has had been better, you know, until the 49ers game. So I'm a little scared from that standpoint. But I don't think LaFleur and the Packers offense is creative, as creative as Shanahan with some of the things they do, and especially not the run game, which is what the Rams' biggest issue is, is stopping the run. I think, you know, again, it's a solid Packers run game. I don't think it's a special Packers run game. So I think the Rams will be able to slow that down enough and, of course, I know they're going to be good in pass defense to make issues, give issues to Aaron Rodgers. Other side of the ball, you know, I, 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 I'm playing just a fact of here. I just think the Rams are too talented, have too much of a system, you know, throwing the ball, and they'll be able to run the ball enough to where I'm going to give them the edge on the road. Matthew Stafford finally going back to Green Bay with a team that's every bit as good, if not better, than the Packers. I have a hard time thinking they're going to lose three games in a row. So I'm going Rams 28-24. Well, I have a hard time thinking the Packers are going to lose three games out of four. I know. That's a tough one. Especially with this one at home. This is a compelling game. I'm taking the Packers in this one. I've taken the Packers pretty much every week. All these people, oh, you hate the Packers. Well, I take them every week. I like the Packers. They've come through for me far more often than not. And I I like them in this one. Look, I, I joke from time to time about the Rams of the late 90s as the greatest show offs on turf. These Rams are the greatest show offs on turf because they keep adding pieces. They got to start winning some games and they've lost two in a row and they have not been impressive. And you know, with AJ Dillon banging it between the tackles, we've seen that they're vulnerable to the run and Aaron Rodgers can evade the likes of Aaron Donald and, and Vaughn Miller. He can get rid of the football quickly and he can talk about that toe all he wants. I think he's sandbagging a little bit. He can still play. And some of those throws he made last week, they were insane. You put them at home, you give them the opportunity to, to, to run the ball. You give them the opportunity. Maybe Rashawn Gary comes back and plays in this one. I'm not sure whether or not he's going to be back. I think the Packers, this is a find-a-way-to-win-it game, 23-20 Green Bay. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. I, I, I hear you. I do. Um, it, it's, I'm going to be interested to see what the Packers' defense brings to the table this week because I was shocked to see them get gashed the way they did. And I would think Stafford and McVay and company got something new to, to offer on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but should be one of the games of the day, no doubt about that. All right, the Vikings back to San Francisco, site of the 2019 divisional round game. That's the last game I personally attended, Chris. We were there yeah. at the game. It was going well until it wasn't. It was the moment in the third quarter where Kyle Shannon got freaked out by Jimmy Garoppolo and turned him into Bob Greasy from the early 70s, just handed off, handed off, handed off. Could have had three interceptions all to Eric Kendricks in that game. Kendricks actually came down with one of those picks. This time around, the 49ers, who have won two in a row and are, are hitting their groove, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites against the the Vikings over under of 48. This is a huge game from the perspective of wild card playoff positioning. Not just the win, not just the loss, but the tiebreaker. 
who comes out with the edge, Chris? I, I think the 49ers are, as a team, in, in, in a higher class than the Minnesota Vikings. I do. And, you know, I don't think they match up all that well with the 49ers either, the, the Minnesota Vikings I'm talking about. You know, one, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I know Kirk Cousins and Thielen and company are capable of making some big plays, and there's Dalvin Cook. I still think this is a good 49ers defense. It's a top 10-ish defense, and I think they have a front that can slow down the run game enough to where they won't have to compromise the secondary to stop some of the throwing down the field by Justin Jefferson and company. So, And it's not an overly complicated formula with Minnesota on the offensive side of the ball, as we've talked about many times. So I look at that, and then the other side of the ball, like you said it, I just think the 49ers are clicking right now. You know, they're somewhat healthy. You know, the running backs, they got some variety there. Debo Samuel and the role they're using him, you know, I, I would argue it's he's as important to an offense as anybody in football right now. You know, Ayuk's got some confidence. And I think just overall, Shanahan has confidence in what he's kind of got going right now, too, with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's playing solid football. I'm going to go 49ers 27-17 in this one. I got 24-20 49ers, the, the slight cover, although all that matters is the cover. I can see it being worse than that. The Vikings have had a seven-point lead or more in every game this year. I'm going to say this is the first game where it doesn't happen. I think this is going to be a game where, just like in the 2019 divisional playoffs, the 49ers take a lead, they hold the lead, they're not a team to blow a lead. Once they get ahead, it all kind of plays into their hands, that grind it out, and also pin the ears back defensively. Grind it out offense, pin the ears back defensively, get after Kirk Cousins. Walls cave in. Kyle Shanahan knows how to defend Kirk Cousins. And, uh, you know, that's the problem. Cousins can have these games where it's like, damn, he's playing well. Damn, he's playing well. Damn, he's playing well. Comes up against a defense that knows how to stop him. All of a sudden, he looks ordinary, and that's the problem. He's got, he's got a ceiling to what he can consistently do, and he hits that ceiling this week. 24-20, 49ers win. All right, Sunday Night Football. The Browns against the Ravens. We expect Lamar Jackson back. We've yet to hear, as we tape this, whether or not Baker Mayfield will be given a week off. I think he needs a week off. They play each other twice in a 15-day window. Do we like the Ravens in round one? Three-and-a-half-point favorites, 46 over under Chris. I, I kind of like the Browns in this one. I do. I, I, I think what I look at is, you know, again, I don't think it's a great Ravens defense. I think they're going to have issues stopping the Browns' run game. I do. You know, I, I, we, we've seen it. We've seen the Browns move the ball and the Ravens both games last year. The Ravens' defense was, was better you know, last year than they are this year. So I guess I worry about it from that aspect. I do. And because I think the Ravens will have to commit and be so worried about stopping the run, I think you'll see a successful Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum. Not that it's going to be, like, unbelievable or wow, but it'll be good enough where they'll make a handful of plays in the pass game. You know, I look at it from that standpoint and the fact that, you know my thoughts with the Ravens. I don't think they're a good running team. Lamar Jackson's a great runner who adds to that, but – I don't think they can traditionally run the ball all that effectively. And I think the Browns have the team speed on the defensive side of the ball to kind of contain Lamar and give him some issues there. So I'm going to go with the Browns in the upset here. I am. I'm going Browns 27-24 on the road. Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying it. Lamar Jackson's going to want to establish himself after missing last week, and the Browns have not looked good in recent weeks. Baker Mayfield, if he plays, he is so banged up, it's not going to go well. And I could see him with just sheer will and stubbornness insisting on playing, even though we, we did see him get 
get sent to the bench by the team a few weeks back. I'm not sure they're going to do it this time. I think they're going to roll with him, and, and we're going to see the, the Ravens get a win that, that, that they need. Even though they beat the Bears last week, it was not pretty. This is one that they need as they try to hold on to the division and win that division eventually. I like the Ravens in this one. Let me check my score. I forget what it is. 27-20 is my margin pro- projected for the victory here as the Ravens win. All right, let's wrap up the week with Monday Night Football. The Seahawks on the road at Washington. Seattle a .5 favorite, 46.5 over under. It's Russell Wilson's 33rd birthday. Will he be happy or unhappy at the end of this one, Chris? Wow. Uh, I mean – it's another one I, I'm going to put in the class of, like, I wouldn't bet on this game. I know that. I'm going to go with the team that's just playing better football here. I've liked what I've seen out of Washington's defense the last few weeks. I don't think it's a Seattle offense that has much to offer. So I don't see them consistently moving the ball on Washington. Russell has been in, uh, unable to create any magic. You know, he's not the same scrambler and outside-the-pocket type of player that he used to be. And, you know, I know it's two, three weeks out from him being healthy with his finger and all that, but that's still a tough injury. I'm sure he still doesn't feel 100% gripping the football and having total control there. You know, and then, yes, the Seahawks, their defense, it's, you know, been better here, you know, the second half of the year as compared to the, the horrible early start. But I do think Washington's kind of found a groove on the offensive side of the ball here. You know, they can run the ball. Heineke seems to make a, a few great plays every week. You know, Terry McLaurin, I think he's healthy and ready to go. They got nobody that can match up with him. So I'm going to go with the football team here, 23-21, like a late field goal to win the game. I, I think that this is one of those, Ooh. if we're ever going to win yeah. another game this year, we're going to win this one. This is Russell Wilson's birthday. This is extra day to get ready. This is all hands on deck. This is figure out a way to win this yeah, no. That's what scares game. me a little. That's I know. what it is for that's what it this is this is this is pasta, meatballs, lasagna, stuffed shells, and every other Italian food you can cram into it. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but it's gonna be enough. Twenty four twenty, Seahawks win. Site of the first playoff victory of Russell Wilson's career. They go back there and they get it done. Prime time, his birthday, they're desperate. They may not win another game after it, but they're not losing this one. I feel strongly about it, and uh, I, I won't gloat too much when I'm right on that one. So we disagree on uh, at least what four or five what? games? What, what? Six, six. You get a who? You sweep me this this week, and all of a sudden it's interesting. Oh down baby, the chip, 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 chip. It's more, chip, chip. it's more than chip, chip, chip. You go six and zero. Oh, yeah, it's, that's a damn turkey it's, leg. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a turkey leg. It's both legs. It's turkey's ass too. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> Best bets and Folsom Prison Blues pick when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton continue right after this. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Wrapping up this Thanksgiving week edition of the PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Joint Megapix podcast. 
time for our best bets. Three selections against the spread or over-under that we feel particularly good about, even though based upon our performance this year, maybe we shouldn't feel particularly good about. Chris, we're, you're up first. We're above 500, so I don't know what's wrong with that. I mean, I think you got to go. I think you got to go at least 55 percent to to account for the vig. Right. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we can still get there. Uh, on the first one, I'm going with this, the, the 49ers. Uh, that, that's the one that just jumps out to me more than any other matchup of the week. I just think it's a bad matchup, you know, on the field for the Minnesota Vikings schematically and the Jimmys and the Joes out there. I do. And I think the 49ers have kind of hit a groove. And to me, the 49ers, even though at 5-5, five and five, I think they're a good 5-5 five and five football team, and I think they kind of continue to establish themselves as one of the better teams in the NFC as we go along here. That was my third pick, but I'll make it my first one just so we're lining up slot machine style. I got the 49ers covering. I've seen this movie enough times. I know what's going to happen. 49ers are going to win by more than 3.5. All right, round two. I'm going to go with the Rams. I am. I'm going with the Rams on the road in Green Bay. I'm going to pick it. I just think the Rams are a better football team. I do, and I just can't imagine them losing three games in a row. I, I just think there's too much firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and, you know, defensively, uh, I, I know Aaron Rodgers is hot last week and doing a lot of special things there, but I just I look at the Rams as a desperate team here. With the spread the way it is, I'm going with them to win the game outright. Somehow, someway, I will get word to Aaron Rodgers that you have doubted him yet again. I do not doubt Aaron Rodgers, although it's not one of my best bets. I'm going Cowboys. Even though it's 7.5, it's the biggest spread of the week. I think the Cowboys are going to roll over the Rams. Same Raiders. Same vibe I had when they played the Falcons a week and a half ago. I think it's going to be ugly. All right, round three. Round three, this is where I'm stuck. I'm a little – the Eagles do interest me against the Giants. Uh, I'm a little scared of that one, though. I'm going to go with the Bucks as being my third best bet. You know, on the road, yes, they're three-point favorites, but I look at it and just go, I, at the very worst, they win by three, and it's a push. I just feel like they're going to win by more than that. I think they're kind of hit their stride. I don't have enough faith in the Colts' defense to slow down Brady and company. And I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to run the ball the way he has been. You pull the arm on the slot machine and you line up the first category and the third category. I got the Bucks as well as my final best bet. I like the Bucks to continue to do what they did on Monday night to the Giants. All right, time for the Folsom Prison Blues pick. The one game straight up. If we were lying, not dead, not already dead. Too late to make a pick when you're dead. Dying in a gutter. The one game this week. And which you're, you're, straight up. you died last week, right? You're dead. Didn't you die? Yes, yeah, you're I'm in dead. a gutter. So I don't yeah. know how you're picking this because you're dead in a gutter somewhere. But uh, I, um, wait. What am I going to do here? I'm going you with the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders as my pick. I got the I got the Cowboys. You got the Raiders. Cowboys over the Raiders. Excuse me. Me too. Cowboys over the Raiders. All right. That's it. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Enjoy Happy the Thanksgiving. Food. Extra mac and cheese. See ya. See you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.